0: Today we continue with this series on the eternal judgment which is the last out of the six foundational doctrines taught to us in the book of Hebrews chapter 6 verses 1 and 2 and that scripture reads Therefore leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ let us go on to perfection not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of the doctrine of baptisms of laying on of hands of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment And so, of those uh, six foundational doctrines, eternal judgment is the last one that uh, we've been dealing with in this series. And we had a look in the previous two teachings, we looked at the ministry gifts judgment and we had a look at the fact that those who are called to uh, serve the Lord uh, and minister to his body in uh, in the capacity as a ministry gift. uh, in book of Ephesians, we look at uh, the gift of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor and teacher and uh, there are other ministry gifts. Those giftings we saw would experience a far stricter judgment than the normal lay person would experience on that day, on the day of judgment for the saints that is. And uh, so we had a look at various aspects of the ministry gift judgment. The reason that we looked at it uh, separately was because they judgment is far stricter and also we saw that uh, the punishment that they can uh, incur on their day of judgment is uh, quite substantial. We're not going to go through that in any depth. Obviously their reward is also quite substantial as well. And so today what we want to do is we want to uh, have a look at the the judgment of the unbelievers Um, because the two uh, judgments will take place at two different points in time. Um, The saints will be judged uh, on their day of judgment separately to the unbelievers. Their day of judgment takes place at another point in time. And uh, we had a look right at the outset of this series of teachings that the saints' judgment takes place at the point that is called the first resurrection. And... um, Although the Bible doesn't talk about a second resurrection it enumerates the the resurrection as being the second resurrection, the Bible does talk about the first resurrection, and then it talks about a subsequent resurrection after that. And uh, as we look at the scriptures now, we'll see that it is at that resurrection that the unbelievers will incur their judgment um, for all eternity, that is their eternal judgment that they will incur. And so the first scripture we want to look at today, dealing with this uh, truth again that the unbelievers will be judged at the second resurrection and not at the first resurrection, is in Revelation chapter 20, beginning at verse 5. And the scripture says, But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. So that was speaking about the resurrection of the believers. Uh, we will be raised uh, from the dead when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth to begin his millennial reign. And uh, it is at that out- the outset of his reign that the saints will be judged and we will then obviously receive our, our various rewards from him. But uh, the rest of the dead will not live uh, during that thousand-year period. Uh, They will remain. uh, For all unbelievers are committed to hell. That's where they are uh, placed um, from the time that they die until this day occurs when they will be raised from the dead. All unbelievers are held in hell uh, in torment. And uh, that's where they they currently are. And so we'll carry on with the uh, the passage of Scripture. We're looking at verse 11. The Scripture says, Then I saw a great white throne. And him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Verse 12, And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works, by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the death who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And so we see that All the unbelievers will be raised from the dead on that day. The Bible talks about the fact that death and Hades will deliver up the dead that are in them. And death and Hades, in fact, will be judged as well. And they will incur the judgment of the second death. The second death is to be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. Um, And that we'll have a look at a little bit more detail as we go into this teaching. But uh, it is... That is the final judgment. That is, once anybody is cast into that lake, um, they will never come out of that lake for all eternity. That is their eternal destination. And not a very pleasant one, to be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone for all eternity. And so we see that all the dead, both small and great, will stand before uh, the throne of God on that day. It talks about the great white throne. Um... In verse 11, Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was no place found for them. That speaks of God our Father. Uh, he is seated on that great white throne. If you go back and look at Daniel's account, um, you know it, it also gives us, we know I look at that today, but it, it gives us quite a vivid account of that particular um, day of judgment that will take place. And there will be myriads of unbelievers standing before God on that day to be judged. Um, It is estimated uh, that there has been roughly over 100 billion people who have uh, lived and died since the time of Adam up until now. Um, And so, you know, the the vast majority of those people have uh, gone into hell and the vast majority of those people will stand before God on that particular day to incur their judgment. Now, when they stand before God on that day to incur their judgment, they will not be judged um, as to whether they're going to be uh, saved or not because they have already been condemned. Everybody who is in hell today has already been condemned. It's um, Their judgment will be Uh, Just as the saints, when the saints are judged uh, by the Lord Jesus on our day of judgment, uh, our salvation will not be judged because we have passed from death into life. And so our salvation is assured. But what will be judged by our Lord, and we've gone through the teachings along that line, is our works will be judged and we will then be rewarded or we will incur loss for all eternity depending on how our works turned out on that day of judgment. Now, for the unbelievers, it's exactly the same, just in reverse. Um, As we have passed from death into life, so they have passed from life into death. And they are condemned uh, for all eternity. Their condemnation has already been pronounced upon them, even before they went into hell, by the way. Um, And so when they are raised, it's not to determine whether they will now be saved or whether they will... Uh, be cast into this lake of fire and brimstone not at all Uh, each one of them has already been condemned what they will be judged for is their works um, as to what works they have done in in this life and they will then incur a greater or lesser degree of punishment for all eternity Um, and our Lord basically uh, referred because he spoke of the two uh, resurrections and we'll have a look at the scripture now and when he spoke of the two resurrections he calls the the resurrection of the unbelievers he calls their resurrection the resurrection of condemnation so they are already condemned it's not a case of they will now find out whether they're condemned yes or no they have already been condemned they know they're condemned Uh, they're in hell today they're suffering torment they just do not know at this time what Degree of punishment they will incur for the rest of eternity—that they still have to find out—but they know each one of them that they have already been condemned. In the Scripture, we can look at where our Lord did mention this, was in uh, John's Gospel, chapter five, beginning at verse twenty-eight. Our Lord speaking, and He says, "Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear His voice, and so our Lord is and, and come forth." Lord is talking about the resurrection of the dead here, because obviously all who are in the graves will be raised from the dead. And he says, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. So clearly our Lord speaks about two different resurrections, the resurrection of life and the resurrection of condemnation. Now our Lord doesn't specify when these resurrections take place, although he does list the resurrection of life first and the resurrection of condemnation second. And we know from Scripture that obviously the first resurrection is the resurrection of life, which is what the saints partake of at the beginning of our Lord's millennial reign. And then the resurrection of condemnation will be uh, the resurrection of the unbelievers and their resurrection takes place at the end of our Lord's millennial reign. And he calls it the resurrection of condemnation because they have already been condemned. Now you say, why is that, that they have already been condemned? Because they haven't believed in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so everyone who refuses to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in this life has already condemned themselves for all eternity. And our Lord again uh, reveals that truth to us himself in John's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 18. Our Lord very plainly says, He who believes in him, talking about himself, is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And so the, uh, the individual in this life who chooses not to believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior is condemned already. That condemnation has already been pronounced. Um, and so they've been found guilty, and so the the, the resurrection, the the, the the eternal judgment that the unbelievers will incur on their day of judgment is in fact their senten- sentencing uh, day of judgment. Uh, you think about a a, a court, uh, you know, a court of law where. Um, there's a trial and an individual is found guilty by the jury for whatever crime they've committed. Let's say it's murder for argument's sake. Um, They're found guilty of murder. So the judge pronounces them guilty but at that time the judge does not pronounce uh, the sentence that will be uh, that they will incur the punishment that they will incur because that is left over until uh, another date. where sentence is then pronounced so guilt is pronounced at that trial and judgment is pronounced you are found guilty Um, but the individual does not at that time then know what will be the punishment that they will incur for the guilty judgment that they have been that's been pronounced upon them and then there is the sentencing judgment which takes place um, uh, at a later date And the judge goes away away and deliberates, and normally there's also uh, argument that is put forward for the individual and against the individual um, pertaining to what kind of judgment uh, punishment should be incurred, and then the sentencing judgment takes place. So technically speaking, the eternal judgment that the unbelievers would incur on their day is really a sentencing judgment, because they've already been condemned. Uh, They've been found guilty already, even before they leave this planet, before they go to hell for all eternity, or not for all eternity, for the period while they're waiting until they will be raised. Um, They've already been found guilty. And they condemn themselves, really. It's not God who has condemned them. They condemn themselves. Because look at what Allah says again. He says, He who believes in Him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten the Son of God. And so God doesn't pronounce this judgment on the individual. This individual pronounces it upon themselves, pronounces it upon themselves because they choose not to believe. And our Lord has been very uh, forthright in his gospel by telling unbelievers, folks, if you choose not to believe, you're condemning yourself. Um, they don't believe that. So they condemn themselves. Uh, there's another scripture we can look at which just reinforces what our Lord uh, quotes in, in when he, he gives us that passage of scripture, and that is in Acts chapter 13, verse 46. And uh, Paul and Barnabas speak in here, and they're saying the same thing that our Lord says, just in an, in another um, way, but it just kind of re-emphasizes the fact that unbelievers, in fact, judge themselves. They pronounce themselves to be guilty Uh, it is not God who does it God extends salvation to the world for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life and so that's the offer given to the world by God now those who choose to uh, not accept it um, they're the ones who say "No, we don't want your offer thank you very much And so they pronounce themselves to be guilty of rejecting the offer and and the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus. And so look at what Paul and Barnabas say in this passage of Scripture, Acts 13, verse 46. Scripture says, then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. He's talking about the Jews. They had now been preaching in this particular town, uh, and Paul's... uh, routine kind of was that they would always go to the synagogue first and they would always preach the gospel to the Jews first and uh, after that once they had brought into the kingdom those whom the Lord had chosen out of the Jews they would then extend the gospel to the Gentiles and so this is what is actually transpiring here he says it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first talking about the Jews but since you reject it And judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life. Behold, we turn to the Gentiles. And so, you know, the the fact that they had rejected the gospel that was preached to them, um, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul says, You judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Not God. You judge yourself. And so that is really the case. All unbelievers, in fact, pronounce judgment on themselves. For they reject the gospel, and so they they judge themselves unworthy of eternal life, and uh, uh, you know the the regret that is experienced by all who are in hell today is must be absolutely phenomenal because they realise um, when they go down there that they are the ones who are at, at, they they pronounced themselves to be guilty before God. It wasn't God who said. Uh, you're not worthy. Uh, they counted themselves to be unworthy of eternal life and pronounced that judgment upon themselves. And so their judgment, as I say, is not in a judgment to determine guilt or not guilty. Their judgment is to, to, to determine the degree of punishment to be incurred for the rest of eternity because they have already been pronounced, each one of them have already been pronounced guilty before God. And they pronounced it upon themselves, by the way. Uh, the scripture plainly teaches us that, that they have judged themselves, encountered themselves unworthy of eternal life. And so when the the unbelievers stand before Uh, the great white throne on that day, the Bible talks about the fact that the books will be opened. Now when the books are opened, um, the books are going to be reflecting the works done by the unbelievers during their lifetime. Just like when we stand before our Lord Jesus as believers, the books will be opened and we will be judged according to the works that we've done in our lifetime. Um, But obviously our works will be for reward, their works will be for punishment whatever works they have done will determine the degree of punishment they will incur for the rest of eternity. Now there is the the book of life that will be opened on that day as well and anyone the Bible says who's not found written in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone which is the second death. Now every one of those uh, who stand before God on that day will not have their names in the book of life. So it will not be a case of one of the angels says, "Well, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 that particular individual, I found his name, he's in the book of life, he shouldn't be here, he should have actually been raised up at the first resurrection, we made a mistake. Not the case at all, God doesn't make mistakes. And so every single one of those individuals who are standing before the throne on that day, their names will not be recorded in the book of life. Um, and so they will uh, incur their eternal judgment which is a judgment of condemnation as our lord referred to it the resurrection of condemnation it's also a judgment of condemnation now something that's going to be different about their judgment is that it is in fact the saints who will be judging the world Uh, when we are judged god the father and let's just have a look at a scripture because our Lord did, did comment on it, and then, we'll, then we'll, we'll make some comments, which is in John's Gospel. A lot of the, uh, Our Lord made a lot of comments in John's Gospel regarding the Day of Judgment, by the way. And so in John's Gospel, chapter 5, uh, beginning in verse 22, our Lord speaking, He says, For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, verse 27, and has given Him authority to execute judgment also why because he is the son of man and so god the father has decreed that he will not judge anyone that's not he he's not reserved that for himself there are certain things that god reserves for himself vengeance is mine says the lord so that he reserves for himself Uh, There are a couple of other things that uh, His glory He will share with no man, the Bible teaches us. The Bible also teaches us that all power belongs to God. And so there are certain things that God reserves to Himself. Seasons and times God reserves to Himself and does not uh, share that with anyone and impart that to anyone. But with regards to judgment, God has decreed that He will not judge. And he has uh, passed on judgment of mankind, or all judgment. In fact, he's given over to his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And particularly, he's given over the judgment of mankind to Jesus. Now, the reason that he's done that, our Lord tells us in verse 27. And he says, and has God the Father has given him, Jesus, authority to execute judgment also. Why? Because he is the son of man. And so our Lord Jesus um, is fully qualified to judge mankind because not only is he the son of God, but he is also the son of man. And when our Lord Jesus lived on the earth, he lived on the earth as a man. And he went through exactly the same temptations that all of us go through. Uh, scripture teaches us very plainly in the book of Hebrews and uh, a few other places as well. But he never once committed any sin. And so he is more than qualified to judge all of mankind because wherever they succumbed to temptation and thus fell into sin and continued in sin, he abstained and he chose not to uh, commit sin. And so he can pronounce judgment on them because he's been through it and he is... Um, almost like a peer, kind of. It's not the right word, but it just puts across the principle. And that is why he's not unjust to judge mankind because what he's judging is, guys, you know, you're saying you, you, you were unable to resist temptation. Well, I'm living proof that you were able to resist temptation and uh, you chose not to. And so our Lord Jesus, uh, God the Father, has committed all judgment unto him. Now, what will actually transpire is our Lord has reserved the right to judge his saints. And so we will be judged by our Lord Jesus. Each one of us, as the believers, will stand before our Lord Jesus on our own, before him on that day, and we will be judged for our lives. We'll give an account to him. But when it comes to the unbelievers being judged, they do not get judged by the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus has committed the judgment of the unbelievers to his saints. Uh, It is the saints that will be pronouncing judgment on the unbelievers on that day. Let's look at a couple of scriptures that uh, highlight that truth to us. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, the Holy Spirit writing through the Apostle Paul, very plainly in the scripture, he lays it out for us. He says, do you not know that the saints... Will judge the world, and if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? And so, very plainly, the, the scripture tells us that the saints are the ones that will be judging the world on that day. Uh, God the Father will be sitting there, God the Son will be sitting there, but it is in fact the saints who will be pronouncing judgment on the unbelievers who stand before the throne to give an account of their lives on that day. There's another scripture that we can look at uh, under the Old Covenant, which in the Old Testament that just uh, highlights this truth for us again, which is in Psalm 149, beginning at verse 5. We'll start there. Scripture says, Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all his saints. Praise the Lord. And so the honor of pronouncing judgment upon the unbelievers is committed to the saints of God. Uh, that is something that uh, God the Father and our Lord Jesus have uh, predestined us to do. That we will be the ones who will be pronouncing uh, judgment, the written judgment, um, on the unbelievers in that day. Our Lord also spoke about it in, in another passage of Scripture, in uh, Matthew, uh, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 12, beginning at verse 41, Our Lord, again, referring to the day of judgment of the unbelievers. This is not the day of judgment of believers. He says, The men of Nineveh will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and indeed a greater than Jonah is here. Verse 42. The queen of the south will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And indeed, a greater than Solomon is here. And so, some interesting points that our Lord brings to life in uh, this passage of Scripture for us. Um, the one is, is that the men of Nineveh are in heaven today. And the Queen of the South is in heaven today. Let's look at the men of Nineveh firstly. Uh, you recall that um, in the book of Jonah, God had called Jonah to, as a prophet to go and pronounce judgment on the city of Nineveh. Jonah had decided, no, he didn't want to do that. He preferred to go in the opposite direction. He does. He goes into the ship. Uh, God causes the storm to come. The ship nearly sinks. The only way that they, they can keep the ship afloat is they have to throw Jonah overboard. Jonah gets thrown overboard. God prefer, prefer, prepares a great fish. Probably a whale to swallow Jonah. Jonah's in the, in the whale's well, belly for three days and three nights, speaking of our Lord Jesus as the type and shadow of our Lord Jesus, being three days and three nights cast into hell. Um, Jonah repents before God in the, the belly of, the, of the, the whale. And the prayer that he utters is, in fact, a, a prophetic prayer that our Lord utters when he is in the lower parts of the earth, when he goes down to suffer for mankind. The well then uh, spews uh, Jonah out on on the the beach and Jonah now goes to Nineveh to preach uh, judgment to that city. Now it just so happens when Jonah begins to proclaim that God is going to judge them in 40 days, uh, he doesn't say unless they repent, he just says God's going to judge you guys in 40 days. They of their own accord repent, They, they proclaim a fast and they put on sackcloth and ashes And they cry out to God that God would then forgive them. And God hears their prayer. And Jonah gets upset about the whole issue because he says, you know, God, I knew you were going to be merciful to these guys. Um, That's why I didn't want to come here in the first place. I'm paraphrasing, but that's pretty much what happened. And God said, you know, can I not be merciful? But anyway, what happens is every one of those men of Nineveh, when they repented and they believed It was accounted to them for righteousness. Everybody under the Old Covenant could not believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and they couldn't proclaim him as their Lord and Savior because Jesus hadn't come. Nobody even knew about him in that light. And so Old Testament saints became saints by believing in God. And so the men of Nineveh had believed the word of God and God counted to, to them for righteousness. Just like when Abraham, God pulled him out into the open. He said, look up at the stars. Um, when you, can you, as you see the stars, uh, the number of the stars in the sky, so shall your descendants be. And the scripture says, and Abraham believed God and God accounted it to him for righteousness. And so all Old Testament saints who believed God uh, it was accounted to them for righteousness, and they became Old Testament saints. And each one of them, uh, when they died, did not go to hell. Each one of them, when they died, went to Abraham's bosom, where they waited until the Lord came. When he was raised from the dead, and he preached the gospel to them. And so that's how the Old Testament saints became saints. They just, Their qualification was they had to believe in God, and these ones did. Nineveh, the men of Nineveh did. And so our Lord just reinforces the fact that they are in heaven today and they will stand up with the, the, the men and women who heard Jesus preach on the earth and they're going to condemn them because he says, a greater than um, Jonah is here before you guys and you don't believe them. Do you not? You're not believing me. They believe Jonah. And so they are, they pass from death into life. But you guys are listening to the Son of God, Son of Man preaching to you, and you don't believe. And so the men of Nineveh will be raised up on that day and they will condemn you guys because you chose not to believe the greater one who stands before you and preaching. And so that's the men of Nineveh, the Queen of the South. Um, uh, We're not too sure which country she came from. Here was Ethiopia, might not have been, but anyway, Queen of the South, she comes up with, to hear Solomon's wisdom when Solomon was reigning. And uh, she obviously believed in God as well And because she believed she is also in heaven today. And she too will rise at the day of judgment and pronounce judgment on those who chose not to believe uh, in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what's really interesting about that passage of Scripture as well is that our Lord quotes two Gentile groupings. Well, the the men of Nineveh were all Gentiles and the Queen of the South was a Gentile. And he's saying the Gentiles are going to judge you Jews because when our Lord was speaking in uh, Matthew's gospel here, he was speaking to the Jews because our Lord was sent to the Jews. And he proclaimed the gospel to the Jews. Now, obviously, within the Jewish nation, there were a remnant that did believe in our Lord Jesus. But there the vast majority chose not to believe in their Messiah, who was standing before them, preaching the gospel to them. And so it must have been quite an, a huge you know, front uh, for the Jews sta- listening to the Lord speaking like this, because here, because they all felt that, or believed that because they were children of Abraham, they were Jews, they were privileged. And all Gentiles were just, you know, they were without God. But they, being Jews, were special. And because of their bloodline, they had it made. But our Lord was trying to say to them, gosh, that's not the qualification. Your bloodline means absolutely nothing. Because I'm telling you, the Gentiles will judge you guys on that day. Because those Gentiles chose to believe. Um, a a prophet and a, a wise man and he said but one greater than jonah and one greater than solomon is standing before you speaking to you now he was their messiah and they chose not to believe and so even though they were jewish by descent by through bloodline it meant it means nothing for eternity and so that's what our lord was really putting across to them but nevertheless The Lord has just reinforced the fact that what what will happen on the day of judgment of the unbelievers is that the believers will judge the unbelievers. And uh, that's what uh, comes out very strongly in that passage of Scripture. Now, our Lord also made another comment uh, pretty much in line with what will take place on the day of judgment of the unbelievers. And that is in uh, the passage of Scripture we'll look at is in Revelation chapter 3, verse 9. And our Lord is speaking to the church in Philadelphia when he makes this comment. And he says, Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. And so again, um, Here our Lord is just re-emphasizing, guys, there's coming a day when all... And now he refers to the Jewish unbelievers. It's not all Jews, these are Jewish unbelievers who do not believe in Jesus Christ as Messiah, which happens to be, at this point in time, the majority of the Jewish people. Um, He calls them the synagogue of Satan. And so, you know, it's a bit of a controversial comment that our Lord made, but he made it. I, I didn't make it, my Lord did it's not the only time he calls them the synagogue of Satan, by the way. In another uh, letter to one of the other churches, he calls them exactly the same thing. And you get a lot of uh, people who mistakenly think that the Jews are God's chosen people and so they should be um, acknowledged as such. Um, well, yes and no. Um, and I don't want to get too sidetracked here, but the Jewish nation, I'm talking about as a a nation now i'm talking about believers and unbelievers but the jewish nation definitely god has got a plan for that nation Um, and in the end times the the um, plans in god's calendar will come to fruition and we will see the the evidence of that and because of the fathers they have been chosen and they are god's chosen nation and god through all history has kept them uh, going Uh, because he has planned and purpose for them, because he has made a covenant with them. Nevertheless, the vast majority of them are in fact the synagogue of Satan, because they do not acknowledge Jesus as their Messiah, and so they reject him. And so our Lord refers to them as the synagogue of Satan. Um, But with regards to um, the Day of Judgment, What our Lord is, and just on uh, that, within the nation of Israel, the the the, uh, natural Israel, there is then the remnant always. Our Lord has always kept a remnant of believers right through, and uh, even now today, there's a remnant of Jewish believers who believe in Jesus as their Messiah, and that keeps the nation going. Because if that remnant was taken away, uh, the whole nation would be destroyed. Uh, Isaiah who prophesies, he said, unless the Lord of the Sabbath had left us a remnant, we would have become like Sodom and be made like Gomorrah. Translated means they would have been completely wiped out by now, but God always keeps a remnant of Jewish believers within the nation of Israel because he has a plan for that nation. But nevertheless, what will happen on the day of judgment is that all Unbelievers, our Lord will make to come and worship before the believers. That's when this will uh, this will take place. When our Lord says, I, "I will make them come and worship before your feet, and to know that I have loved you," it is on the day of judgment when the saints uh, pronounce judgment on the unbelievers. That is the day that they will come and worship before the, 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 the feet of the uh, the saints, and our Lord will bring that to pass. And uh, so you will see that. Uh, you know, Christians throughout their lives have been ridiculed by unbelievers around them because of their belief in Christ Jesus as Lord um, each one of them who have ridiculed those saints throughout their lives will on their day of judgment come down and bow down before those saints So the very same saints that they used to ridicule, they will bow down before them and worship them because those saints will be the ones who will be pronouncing their eternal judgment on them and so, um, one of the just as an aside, we, we spoke about uh, earlier the fact that uh, among the Lord's saints, those who choose to not forego a lifestyle of sin, um, we said that one of the penalties to be incurred is that they give up the eternal inheritance. Now, the the main aspect of the eternal inheritance that they forego. is, is the the aspect of being able to reign to rule and to reign with christ they will not be able to do that um, now part of the ruling and the reign that the saints will be given is that they will be pronouncing judgment on the unbelievers for the sin that they have been living the sinful lives that they've been living now god the father and, the, and god the son are not hypocrites so what they will not allow to happen is for a saint that has been Living a lifestyle of sin. Now, don't forget the saint is still saved because the saint has believed in Christ Jesus, Lord and Savior. And so the salvation's intact, but they've been living a lifestyle of sin. Now, God will not allow a saint to sit in judgment over an unbeliever And and judge them for their lifestyle of sin if that saint has been practicing the same lifestyle of sin, because that would be completely hypocritical. For a saint who's been practicing adultery to judge an unbeliever for committing the sin of adultery uh, would be completely unjust and hypocritical. God doesn't allow that. And so that's why the saint's who choose to not forego a lifestyle of sin. There is obviously the added danger that they could lose their salvation. We're not going to go down that road today. But nevertheless they do not uh, get given this honor and this privilege of, uh, and we saw it in, in Psalm 149, the Bible calls it, uh, this honor is given unto the saints to judge. And so those particular saints who've not foregone a lifestyle of sin will not be allowed to pronounce judgment on the unbelievers for their lifestyle of sin because they will be hypocritical and God is not a hypocrite. He will not allow that to happen. So that's just a bit of an, an aside. Now, when that judgment does take place, it will be thorough. It will be completely um, thorough. Every single aspect of the unbelievers' lives will be judged. Nothing will be hidden on that day. Nothing will be glossed over on that day. There will be no mercy forthcoming on that day. The the unbelievers do not incur mercy on their day of judgment. The the believers, we've dealt with that already, will need mercy on their day of judgment. And we will receive mercy uh, because we will need it. But the unbelievers, there's no mercy extended to them on that day. But their judgment will be extensive and will cover every aspect of their lives. Romans chapter 2, verse 16, the scripture says in the day when god will judge the secrets of men by jesus christ according to my gospel and so every aspect of the believer unbeliever's life will be judged the hidden secrets of their hearts will be judged the motivation so all of that that on the outside looks like it's good and their good works they were doing um, their motivation will be plain for everybody to see on that day that they did those good works so that they could be seen by men to be, you know, uh, be glorified by mankind, really. And they were really in it for themselves and not to uh, bless others, so to speak. And so everything will be brought to light. And again, another scripture that just reveals that truth to us is in 1 Timothy 5, verse 24. Um, the Holy Spirit, through Paul, writing, says, Some men's sins are clearly evident, preceding them to judgment. But those of some men follow later. And so, yeah, we, you, know, you get murderers and you get um, rapists and you get um, dictators and all these people, the Hitlers and the Stalins of this world, um, who, you know, their sins are clearly evident and everybody can see them. They're pretty much out there. But then there's the people that, to all, for all intents and purposes, look like they're pretty good people. But when they stand before the saints on that day to be judged, Um, then the sins that they have in fact been committing and have been hidden from view from everybody else will be made manifest and it will not be hidden on that day. There will be nothing that will be left out because the the, the judgment will be thorough because now don't forget it's an eternal judgment and so every aspect of the saint's life will be taken the unbeliever's life will be taken into account uh, so that uh, the correct sentence can be pronounced on the unbeliever for all eternity now something else that will take place on that day of judgment um, is that the angels will also be judged now when I say the angels I'm not talking about the elect angels of God they will not be judged Uh, that's not uh, it's a given there's nothing that they've ever ever done that requires judgment Um, we're talking about Satan's angels his angels will be judged on that day along with the unbelievers and it is in fact the saints who will judge the, uh, Satan's angels as well um, so the saints will be judging the unbelievers and the saints will be judging uh, Satan's angels and the scripture we can look at is, again just playing for us is in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 3 the scripture says do you not know that we shall judge angels how much more things that pertain to this life and so quite clearly Um, it is the saints who will judge uh, angels, and those angels are in fact the angels that um, form part of Satan's kingdom. And in the book of Revelation, the Bible talks about the fact that a third of the stars um, followed after Satan or have basically formed part of his realm. Now, Satan himself will not be judged by the saints because Satan himself has already been judged. His, um, his sentence maybe has, hasn't been pronounced, but he has already been judged. And so the, the, the believers will not judge him because he has already been judged. Our Lord made a comment on that in uh, John's Gospel. Again, as I say, uh, in John's Gospel, our Lord speaks quite a lot about the, the Day of Judgment. And that's in um, chapter 16, beginning of verse 8. Our Lord speaking, he says, and when he has come, speaking of the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Now, verse 11, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged, speaking of uh, Satan. So Satan has already been judged, and he will not be judged by the uh, the saints. Nevertheless, all of his angels will be judged by the saints on that particular day. Now, the 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 ultimate judgment that will be pronounced on all of them, the unbelievers as well as uh, Satan and his angels, is that they will be committed to the lake of fire and brimstone, which is in fact the second death. Now that lake of fire and brimstone was never intended for mankind uh, to be cast into that. God had prepared the lake of fire and brimstone for Satan and for his angels. God had never intended that mankind end up in the lake of fire and brimstone, which is in fact the second death. Um, but sadly what has happened is that the vast majority of mankind have chosen to follow after Satan and to reject Jesus Christ as Lord and subsequently they have accepted Satan as their Lord. Now some of the, someone would say, yeah, but I've never bound my knee to Satan that I've said, you know, he's my Lord. By rejecting Jesus, you've accepted Satan. That's that's the de facto um, state of, of, of affairs. And so uh, our Lord makes the comment about the fact that uh, this lake of fire and brimstone was never designed for mankind. He says. In Matthew's gospel, chapter 25, beginning at verse, verse 41, our Lord speaking, he says, that he will also say to those on the left hand, talking about himself now, uh, speaking to those who are going to be cast into that lake, he says, depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And so this everlasting fire, which is the second death, has in fact been prepared for Satan and his angels, was never prepared for mankind. But mankind, the vast majority have chosen, that's what they would prefer to do. They do not want to bow their knee to, to the Lord Jesus. And so therefore, they have followed after Satan and they will incur this second death. And um, we're going to end the teaching on that particular point today. We're going to carry on and then we'll finish off this eternal judgment series. Um, with the eternal judgment pronounced on the unbelievers on that day. Again, are going to have a look at the degrees of judgment that will be pronounced on the unbelievers, um, who will incur the greater degree of, of, of punishment, etc. And so we'll go through that in a little bit more detail and then we will have finished this series on eternal judgment. But that's where we are up to for now. We've seen that um, this the... The unbelievers' judgment takes place at the second resurrection, which takes place at the end of our Lord's millennial reign, Um, that their judgment is a judgment of condemnation. They've already been condemned, and in fact, it's really a sentencing judgment that they will incur. And we've seen that the saints are the ones who will actually pronounce judgment on the unbelievers. And we have seen that the saints will pronounce judgment on Satan's angels as well. And uh, we're going to end the teaching on that particular point today. Amen.